Season 2, Episode 6. Welcome to the Baseline Feed Podcast. This is our sixth episode of this season, and all of your support has been amazing. We must thank you. Are you a writer or a voice actor looking for a place to show off what you're capable of? We could work with you. Get more information at BaselineFeed.com or send a voice demo to us at casting at BaselineFeed.com. In this story, you will meet Connor, a special guy being bothered by an insistent woman while on the job. Why? It's up to you to discover that in a story brought to you by Darren Pitar with the voices of Rebecca Mersinger and J. Philip Morris. On behalf of the Baseline Feed team, we hope you enjoy the Irish Wish Foundation. doesn't believe me. It's a requirement of being a leprechaun. Lessons are given. Waltzing, twerking, and such are not in our job description. It's hard being a leprechaun hiding among the other small people. Putting up with being called a midget. (laughs) Getting marriage proposals from mature but very sharp girls. Head office reckons I'm the best Cupid they have on their books, and tonight the stage is set. My latest clients, let's call them Tom and Isla, have succumbed to their overwhelming desire to join in the festivities. To reveal their real names would contravene Rule 6 of the Code of Essex of the Irish Wish Foundation. Susie's come as my partner and is buzzing with excitement. She keeps squeezing my biceps and giggling, which is marginally better than her pinching me to see if I'm real and this is actually happening. I don't know how you wrangled an invitation to this party, Connor. For the umpteenth time, I told you. I was at the council offices explaining about the height of door handles on the new public toilets when the administration officer asked me if I'd like to speak to his staff tonight. I could bring a partner. I didn't add that for the past two weeks I've been pushing desires in all directions. The head of the council's admin had an overwhelming desire to make the St. Patrick's Day staff party into an educational event. Then he desired to have a speaker on something unusual but pertinent to the provision of the council amenities. Before he could even search for a possible organization, I popped up before him with my complaint. Poor man didn't even have a chance. Before he knew it, he'd invited me to speak at the social functions on the difficulties of being small. 
we both parted with a sense of satisfaction. Plus, I could bring a partner. <laughs> I asked Susie because I'd turned down three marriage proposals from her already, and she was a bit grumpy. I like her a lot. Her blue eyes and blonde hair are delightful, but her short arms and legs worry me. Still, no one's perfect. Least of all me. <laughs> if she knew I was a leprechaun, she'd probably run a mile. At that moment, my name is called, and I walk to the front of the room. I'm off on a small platform. Meh. I look for a higher, sturdy chair to stand on. Susie stands beside the chair and helps me up. I'll catch you if you fall. She probably could. She looks amazingly strong. I proceed to deliver a humorous description of the challenges being short and stature and impress each word into every brain in the room. Everyone will be super nice to Susie and me tonight no matter what happens because my real job for the evening hasn't begun. Anything could happen as I try to get Tom and Isla together. Five minutes later, I'm standing against the wall, ignoring Susie's chatter and mentally manoeuvring Tom and Isla towards the punch bowl. Tom's a nice young fella. Tall, angular, bit spoy still. With a mop of lovely red hair. <laughs> sure to have some Irish in his breeding somewhere. His wish is to meet a nice girl and fall in love. Every man's got a wish, I guess. But this fellow is sincere. He's desperately shy and despite his present acne problem, he will shortly be superbly handsome trouble is as much as he wishes and he does wish almost every day he hasn't the courage to talk to a girl he fancies he works in the council's planning department and Ilo works in the public library why can't we dance I'm working I realize my mistake Susie doesn't know I work granting wishes. Um, I'm marking well, the courage. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not very good at dancing anything but the Irish jig. I'm waiting for the right music. Later, later, I promise. Susie smiles once again. Tom and Isla have nodded to each other this evening, just as they do at the bus every work morning. They travel into town on the M47 at 7.30am from Crinkleback Road. But the planning department and the library are at two different locations. And even though Tom sometimes sees Isla eating her lunch in the park, he's too shy to approach. Hence my cunning plans for tonight. I've spent a couple of weeks observing and researching the pair of them. She's as bad as he is. Petite, with a smile that would melt your heart. 
I can feel that she likes her job because she can hide behind the books or talk to people about what to read without actually committing herself to being friendly on a one-to-one basis. I've been borrowing so many books and lingering about until she's available. I bet she thinks I'm sweet on her. (laughs) I lock my gaze on Tom and edge him slowly through the crowd towards the punch bowl. I shift my gaze to the other side of the room and edge Isla forward. It's quite easy as neither of them is talking to anyone. So my nudges get a moving. They're limbs stiff with nervous tension. While I'm shifting Isla without my control on him, Tom decides to visit the gents. He's so nervous I can feel him quivering. Damn. Connor, don't swear. Uh, Sorry, my feet are hurting from standing still. I need to move. I need to see both my clients. I step around a bunch of Natner and staffers and manage to get a better view of the room. We could always dance. She's sticking close to me. I reach and squeeze her hand and she leans her head on my shoulder with a deep sigh. <sighs> this keeps her happy. The moment Tom returns, I lock onto him. Isla is nearby, so I push them forward, even closer to the punch bowl. I'm going to spice it up with a bit of an Irish blessing. Reluctantly couriered to me by the head office. If I can get them to stand together and drink it, the magic should do the rest. Even a splash would work. If they refuse to drink it, I'll jostle their elbows. And butts are handy when you're short. I drop Susie's grasp and move closer to my targets. If I can't dance, I might as well drink. I need to get this job over and done with before she throws a tantrum and storms off. These little people can get emotional quite quickly. Tom and Isla are approaching from different directions. I get tired of pulling them. My control is weakening. But because it's working, I grit my teeth and hold on. I wonder if the dangling streamers and balloons are mixing up my messages. I skirt around another group of people, and as they slip from my sight, they both stop moving. Damn! I need to get really close to control them. There's a tug on my jacket. A quick glance shows Susie behind me. Are you gonna get some punch? Can you get me some? It's a bit out of reach. I don't answer. I'm too busy. I batten to the table and as quick as flash, I open the small vial into the mix. The magic will only last a few minutes. Did you just like that drink? All is fair in love and war. Just stand here and let these people go first, then I'll get us both a drink. I don't want any spiked alcohol. I'll get you something else then. Something stronger. I doubt there's a drink on her stronger than that punch at this very moment. They arrive at the punch bowl and nod to each other. I indicate that they should go first, and Tom gestures to Isla with a shy smile. (coughs) 
doesn't look like Tom is going to drink his. I feel him with thirst. He opens up his mouth and sips. Success. Isla turns to look at him. I make her desire to drink overwhelming and she gulps at her glass. I hold them together, admiring my cunning, satisfaction swelling in my chest. What about my drink, Connor? She doesn't know her strength. I stumble forward and fall into Isla, who topples into Tom, who falls on the floor with Isla sprawled on top. My feet hit Susie as I fall. Susie grabs the tablecloth to stop her fall. The punch bowl tips over and the four of us are drenched in punch. Sweet, powerful, dynamic, Irish, blessed punch. I close my eyes, knowing the potency of the mix, and what will follow. I roll off Isla. I feel Susie's body rolling with me. I know I can't keep my eyes closed indefinitely, and worse things could happen to me than to fall in love. My gaze meets Susie's. Our hearts are locked, and we're lost in a sea of mutual attraction. It wasn't meant to happen like this, but that's fate for you. After long seconds, I turn away and see my clients patting each other with serviettes between exchanging looks of fondness and matching grins. Nothing in the world will ever tear them apart. I guess same goes for Susie and me. Perhaps this posting wasn't a bad decision after all. Now, I have a tribe of small people who are my friends. And I wonder if making them my assistants would lighten my workload. Head office might never find out. <laughs> Ideas swirl in my mind as Susie wipes my face with her chubby fingers, kisses my nose and pats my limbs for broken bones. It's all very nice, if a bit public and embarrassing. But tonight we are the honoured guests and everyone has the desire to please us. When the confusion subsides, the four of us are faded and fed and the laughter is warm and friendly. I'm offered a position as a consultant, which I accept because I need to convince my beautiful sweet lady dwarf that I do have a real job. I feel another marriage proposal is on the tip of her tongue, so I beat her to it. Will you marry me, Susie? <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. Her tongue slips to the side and licks a drop of punch from the corner of her mouth. You really are a handsome devil, Connor. If I didn't know better, I'd say you had a touch of a leprechaun about you. Nonsense. I'm simply a consultant to the city council. Ordinary and boring. But what did you do before tonight? You keep avoiding my questions. Instead of answering, I cover her lips with mine and thereby grant another of her wishes. As our lips part, someone begins to play drowsy Maggie on the fiddle. My feet respond to the jig. 
Another job completed, wishes granted. Now, I can dance. Sometimes fate can be cruel. Although it's not all bad, now is it? Once again, thank you to Darren Pitar for this great story. Darren will return with another story later on this season. Let's also highlight our voice talent, Rebecca Mersinger as Susie and J. Philip Morris as Connor. Sound design and musical arrangements were by Tanner Wood and the art design by C.M. Peters. We also have a Patreon. We would like to express our eternal love and gratitude to our patrons. You guys help make it possible to bring you quality content and our authors and voice talent more exposure. If you would also like our eternal love and gratitude, along with other goodies, check us out on Patreon. You can find the link to it on our website at BaselineFeed.com. And here's another reminder. You can join us on Discord for more behind-the-scenes stuff. We really do have some of the best folks involved with our Discord community. They're willing to help you with your writing adventures, your voiceover work, and even host game and movie nights. What a place to hang out with like-minded, encouraging folks. A link to our Discord community is included in the show notes. Thank you for joining us, and make sure to tune in every other Saturday on your favorite podcast app to listen to a new episode of Baseline Feed.